Have you ever been stuck? Have you ever been to that moment where you weren't just kind of stuck, you weren't really sure if you were stuck, but you were at the moment where you're 30 minutes past stuck and you finally come to the realization, okay, I am stuck. I need somebody to insert themselves into the situation to help me out of my situation. Because I think if we're honest, we get there, right? We've been there in this part of the world. I know in particular, you may have gotten there in a vehicle or a side-by-side or a four-wheeler or whatever else. Uh, but I know in life, we can get there too, where we feel like we are just stuck, where we feel like we can't make the next move. We don't know what the next move is to make. And, and, and we're not sure what to do as a husband or a wife. We're not sure what to do as a parent. We're not sure what to do with our career choice. We're just not sure we are stuck. And when you feel stuck, you feel helpless. You feel immobile. You feel like you're not sure what the next move is. And so uh, what we're doing over the course of the next couple of weeks and what we've been doing uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks is we're talking about being stuck in the reality that it is frustrating to be stuck. And you feel like you're just running in circles and you need somebody to help you just get unstuck for a minute. And so uh, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, then you know that's what we're talking about. If this is your first time joining us and you're just kind of flying in today, uh, I want to let you know that maybe it's not a coincidence. We believe that it just so happens, never just happens. And uh, you might feel stuck. And I think maybe God has a word for you this morning on the topic of being stuck. And as we've been navigating what it's like to be stuck, we've been looking at a group of people in your Bible uh, in particular that have been stuck. And what's fascinating about the group of people that we're looking at is that these are, by all intents and purposes, God's people, the chosen people that he said, I will be your God. I will provide a way for you. I will clear paths for you. I will conquer nations on your behalf, right? Those people are the people that are stuck, the Israelites. And so we've been in our Bible and we've been in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. And I know uh, Exodus is right, one of those books that as you start through your annual reading plan, it gets a little overwhelming because you're not sure what any of the names mean. You're not sure any who any of the characters are and and you just kind of get a little bit overwhelmed. But I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to say, lean in a little bit harder to the book of Exodus because it really lays a phenomenal foundation for everything we know about the person of Jesus going forward. And so we've been in that book and we've been looking at maybe a story, uh, whether you know your Bible or not, you're familiar with. And we've been looking at the Israelites and we've been looking at at how God has delivered them from captivity. And so uh, in this timeline so far, where we've been is we've seen Israel be captive to Egypt, right? And we've seen Moses go before Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, you gotta let these people go. These are God's people. He doesn't want them here. He's got other plans for them. And then Pharaoh's saying, you're who? God who? Yahweh? I don't, I don't know that God. I don't know that name. Absolutely not. We have cheap labor. I'm not letting these people go. And so he says, no, you're staying captive. And then if you're familiar with your Bible history at all, we see God sends these plagues to Egypt, right? And Pharaoh has to deal with them. And they, they culminate with the angel of death and God saying, hey, you did not listen. Here will be your punishment. But God's sparing his people whenever they put blood over the doorframe, passing over those houses right? And we see Passover, and that's what we celebrate. And then there's going to be some foreshadowing there to uh, the New Testament, the person of Jesus and his blood and all that stuff. But we are at the point now where the angel of death has been the catalyst to Pharaoh to say, all right, get these people out of here. I don't want to deal with Yahweh. I don't want to deal with Yahweh's people. I don't know this God, but I know at this point I'm sick of this God. I'm sick of him wreaking havoc on Egypt. Get him out of here. And then here we go. Uh, Moses takes the Israelites, and they start going into the wilderness. And in week one, we looked at how God takes them the long way around, right? He doesn't take them the quick, easy way. He takes them the long way because he knows the shortcut has some obstacles they won't be able to handle well. And he knows that if they go the long way, he'll be able to spend a longer amount of time with them, building their intimacy, building their trust 
in him. And then in week two, we, we looked and saw that God took them to this place that was hemmed in on all sides, right? You look to your, your, your left and there's mountains. You look to your right and there's the Red Sea. And, and here comes Pharaoh after he's changed his mind and he starts to pursue the people that he let go. And the Israelites are at this crossroads where they said, we are, we are hemmed in. What do we do? And God's about to remind them, you're not the hero of your story. I am. And so here we go, week three, we're going to pick up in this conversation because right now the Israelites feel stuck. They don't know what to do. They don't know what the right move is. All they know is that God has brought them to this point and they're not entirely thrilled about it. So if you have your Bible, uh, this is a great place to pull it out. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 14. If you don't, don't worry, we're going to have those up as well. But here we go, Exodus chapter 14, verse 10 is where we're going to dive in. It says, as Pharaoh approached the Israelites... As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? If you just leave us alone, we can serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see that Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you must be quiet. Better translated, you must be still. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. Okay, here we go. We're in the narrative, right? You're, picture yourself in the story. You're, you're in the Israelite camp and you guys have just been given this little glimmer of hope and you see freedom on the horizon and you don't feel stuck in Egypt anymore, but now you get here and you just feel stuck again. You feel like you got yourself from one stuck situation to the next stuck situation and you get so frustrated because you're stuck that you start to look at Moses, your leader who talks with God and walks with God and you say, Moses, why couldn't you just, why, why couldn't you just leave us in Egypt? At least in Egypt, we were only slaves and we weren't dead, but here you've, you've brought us out here and now we're gonna die because of your careless leadership, because of your poor leadership, because of whatever, right? You brought us out here to die. It wasn't good enough that we stay in Egypt and we're slaves. You wanted us to come out here and to be dead. And so you see their frustration mounting. I think if you're honest, when you're stuck, sometimes that is your posture towards God. Is, is God, why, 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 why do this? Why, why couldn't you just let me be a little less miserable in the last situation? Why do you keep sh- showing me dead end roads? Why do you keep doing that? Why, why? And we throw our blame on God and, and really and truly we don't realize that a lot of this is our own doing and we don't ever sit to see what the Lord's solution is. And I love that part about this text because God's about to show them something about themselves and about himself. When you get to that end of that dialogue where they're complaining and they say, we could have just stayed in Egypt. Here's what Moses says to the people. He says, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. So we're gonna break, the, we're gonna break down Moses' and God's response into a couple of pieces here, okay? The first thing that you're going to see, four directives, the first one you're gonna see for Israel is this. Do not be afraid. Why? Because you are God's people. God has showed you his faithfulness time and time and time again. Why be afraid now? Don't be afraid. You serve a God that is bigger than your problems. You serve a God that is bigger than your stuck situation. You serve a God that can orchestrate those things for your good. And so the first thing that Moses tells his people is don't be afraid. 
Don't forget the God you serve. He knows your stuck situation. He knows where you're at. He got you to this point. He's gonna see you through it, so don't fear. And we know when we read our New Testament, fear is not from God, right? The spirit of fear comes from from someone else. It is not from God. And so the first thing that Moses tells them is do not be afraid. And then what's the second thing Moses tells them? He says, stand firm and see the salvation of God. Stand firm. So don't be afraid and then don't waver. Don't be afraid. Don't tuck tail. Just dig in right here and trust that God is going to be the one that fights for you. Trust that when you consult God, the same God that's been faithful over and over and over again is gonna be the one that's in your corner in this stuck situation too. He says, stand firm and see what God's about to accomplish for you today. So he says, don't be afraid. And then he says, stand firm on the truth that you know about God already. Stand firm right there because he's gonna do something incredible. And then he says this in verse 14, the third thing, the Lord will fight for you. You just have to be quiet, but translated Hebrew here is not be quiet. It is you must be still. We do this so often, right? We get in this stuck situation and really it doesn't feel like we're just stuck. It feels like quicksand because we keep scratching and clawing and we dig ourselves even deeper and we're not sure what to do and we get overwhelmed because we're trying to figure all this stuff out in our own strength. We have all these incredible plans, right? We have all these great ideas that we're gonna take before the Lord or we're gonna not even consult the Lord with and we're just gonna say, you know what? I don't need you, God. I'm gonna pull myself up by my own bootstraps and I'm gonna figure this stuck situation out myself. And what does Moses say here? He says, you must be still. Be still, let God do the work here. Let God be the one that orchestrates the end. Let God be the one that provides your salvation. Quit trying to do it on your own. Consult him. Consult God and see what God has for you. But in order to do that, we've got to stop trying on our own, right? We've got to stop trying to do these things in our own strength. We've got to say, God, what does it look like for me? And what do you want me to know about this stuck situation? What do you want me to see about you in the middle of this stuck situation? God, I want to be still and I want to know who you are. I want to see what you've got for me. But we've got to get out of our own way first, right? We've got to quit trying to have all the solutions. And the first thing we've got to do is be still and consult the sovereign God of the universe on this stuff. And then here's what's interesting. Because right after Moses has just told them, be still, God's gonna be the one that delivers you from all of this. He says right there in verse 15, here comes God talking to Moses. He says, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. He says, here's the fourth directive. You've got to go. Now that I have shown you who I am, now that I've told you what's about to happen, now that you've seen me be faithful, here's what's gonna happen. You gotta trust me. You gotta be still. Trust that I have a plan. Be willing to follow that plan because as you see that plan unfold, here's what you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to step into the middle of that plan. You're gonna have to insert yourself into the process that I, God, have laid out for all of you, right? That's such a hard place to be because now not only do we not have the plan, God has the plan, but we're invited to step into his plan. That is overwhelming. We go from being still, right, which is already a hard step because it's not our plan, it's God's plan we're trying to hear. And then when we get God's plan, now God's saying, okay, now it's time for you to move. Now I need you to be okay with my plan. Now I need you to line yourself up with what I've got for you. Now I need you to see that I know what the end result is gonna look like, but you've gotta say, AJ, it's okay to be a part of that plan. It's okay to step out and say, you know what? It wasn't my great idea, it was God's idea, and I have got to be okay with that. So the last thing, God looks at Moses and says, okay, now that you've been still, Now that you have a plan outside of yourself, here's the deal, I need you to line yourself up with my plan and we're gonna break camp and we're gonna move on. 
it's a little overwhelming for Israel in this moment because they are breaking camp without having seen God part the Red Sea yet. And if you know the story and you're familiar with the story, then it's great because you know what the outcome is going to be. But remember, we're trying to be Israel in the story. We're doing our best to put ourselves in their shoes. God has just told them to break camp, to not stay there, to get ready to go. And there's a mountain on their left and there's a sea on their right and Pharaoh and his army are barreling down at them. You can imagine there's a thousand thoughts in their head and one of them is probably, we're breaking camp because them jokers are going to steal us and take us back to Egypt. And who knows what's waiting for us there? Right? There's a thousand options that are probably rolling through there. Why would we break camp? Why are we breaking camp? Is it because God's going to deliver us? Is it because God, Egypt's about to conquer us? What does it look like? And if you know the end of the story, you know that God told them to break camp because they couldn't walk through the Red Sea that he just parted if they still had all their tents set up. And so God says, here's the deal. Now that you've been still, now that you've decided to agree to consult me, go ahead and break camp and step in the middle of my plan. My plan's better than your plan. You couldn't even see what my plan had to offer. And here's what I'm trying to tell you. My plan's about to take us in a direction you didn't even know existed. And we're going to get up and we're going to walk through an ocean, except it's only going to be dry ground. And if you know the end of that story, you know that not only do they do that, they get up and they walk through an ocean that God parts for them, but the pillar comes behind them, blocks Pharaoh's army until they get to the other side. And then here comes Pharaoh's army. When they get into the middle of the Red Sea, God says, yeah, the Egyptians, I told you, you'd never have to worry about again. Here you go. And he closes the sea in on them while Israel is on the other side of it. And so God does an incredible thing that Israel never could have seen, but... In order for them to understand that, in order for them to step into that, in order for them to get through their stuck situation, they had to be still. They had to consult God. They had to stand firm believing he was going to be their salvation. They had to be still, being okay with the plan that wasn't theirs, and then they had to move into that plan. Then once they heard that plan, they had to step into it. And a lot of that took faith, right? It wasn't even the full plan laid out yet. It was just like, okay, God, I'm reminding myself that you are God and I am not. And so I want to be still. And then I just want to hear what you have to say. And here's what God has to say to him. He says, get ready to go because we're going to go. And then God delivers them from that. And I love that because if we're honest, here's what that is. That is a picture of the gospel. That is, that is foreshadowing to what's coming in the New Testament. That's, that's, that's everything we see with the, Jesus on the cross, right? Making a way for us when there absolutely was no way. Because here's the deal today. There is a battle raging for your soul. Not just raging for your stuck situation, right? If anything, the stuck situation uh, is a derailment, a detachment for the understanding that there is a sovereign God who loves you and wants your soul. And there is an enemy that does not want God to have your soul. There is a battle raging for your soul. And today, what I want to encourage you with and what I want to tell you, with, uh, tell you is this, that God has got a plan no matter how trapped you feel. And God has already let this plan unfold regardless of how stuck you feel. But you feel stuck and you feel trapped because of the penalty and the power of sin, right? Sin has got you feeling like you do not have a solution and that you are far from God, but that is the opposite of the gospel because 2,000 years after this whole thing unfolds, here's what, here's what happens, right? We see ourselves in the narrative and we see Jesus show up on the scene and we see this process start to unfold where God says, hey, I know you feel stuck, but I'm gonna send my son so that you don't have to feel stuck in the middle of the process. I need you to know this, that I have already fought the battle for you. I inserted my son into the timeline of history. I inserted myself into the timeline of history so that you don't have to pay the punishment for where you sit today. I have made a way where when you looked around, there absolutely was no way. There's no power in and of yourself that's going to save you. 
right? It's got to be God and God alone. And the battle that was fought was fought right there on the cross where God says, hey, I love you so much, I'm sending myself to die the punishment that you were supposed to die. And when it seemed like there was no way, I made a way. And and I love this because when you look on the cross, you you see the person of Jesus and you see uh, Paul talk about this in 2 Corinthians. He says, he who knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. Jesus takes your place as a sinful person so that you can stand in his place as righteous. So when God looks at you, he sees nothing but the blood of Jesus. And it is perfect and it is beautiful and it is spotless and that is counted to you when you believe. But here's the same pieces to those puzzles, right? There's this moment where we have got to say, okay, God, what is your plan? I want to step into your plan. You've got to step into God's plan by faith, even through the person of Jesus. If you look in your Bible, you're going to see in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says this, you are saved by grace through faith, through faith, and this is not of yourself. This is God's gift. It is God's gift that you have access to grace. And so be still because it wasn't your plan. Be still because even if you tried to dream up a plan, it wasn't going to be as good as God inserting himself into history for you so that you didn't have to deal with your own punishment. Be still because God is the one that has done all of this. You don't do anything. It is by grace through faith. This is not of yourselves. This is a gift from God. God has laid out the plan for us in the timeline of history, but Once we have been still and we have seen that God is faithful to do this, we have a step and it is to walk into that plan by faith. And maybe right now that is your next step. Maybe right now you have seen the plan laid out. Maybe you grew up in church and you heard that there's a Jesus guy that loves you and and that God gave himself for you and and you've heard all the pieces of this puzzle, but you have never stepped into that plan. You've been Israel sitting on the edge of the sea, knowing maybe even that God's gonna part that Red Sea, but you've never walked across that sea in faith. Maybe today, for the first time, you're realizing, you're hearing that it is time for you to start that relationship with Jesus by walking into it through faith. That is your next step. You've seen the plan that God's laid out. You've been still. He's been faithful. And now it is up to you. Are you going to believe in the person of Jesus? Are you going to devote your life to the person of Jesus because he did something that you would have never done or been capable of doing for yourself so that you could be in fellowship with God? Maybe that's your next step. If that's your next step this morning, we're going to invite you to take that step with us. We have hosts that are waiting online right now. We would love for you to drop in the comment section uh, if you're uh, on Facebook or, or if you're online or send us a DM if you don't feel comfortable doing that and we'll reach out to you personally. If you're watching online, there's an online prayer chat right? that's private that you can send a message and somebody would love to start having that conversation with you this morning. But maybe this morning, You're realizing this process is entirely for you, but you've got to step into it. God has laid out the entire foundation to all of this. And now all you have to do is say, God, I want to accept your grace. I want to believe in who your son Jesus is, and I want to devote my life to him. I want to pursue him. Because here's the deal. At the Red Sea, God gives Israel safe passage to deliverance from Egypt, but at the cross, Jesus has given you safe passage and deliverance from sin so that you don't have to deal with your sin in eternity. So that Jesus deals with your sin on the cross and you get to spend an eternity with a God that gave himself for you. This morning, if that's you, we want you to reach out to us. If it's clear for the first time that God gave himself for you like that and you have to step into that by faith, we would love to have that conversation. But understand, this wasn't your plan. This wasn't your doing. God freely did it and gave it to you. Now, 
It is your obligation to believe. It is your obligation to walk into that by faith. And so we would love to have that conversation. Shoot us a DM, uh, request the prayer chat, uh, go to the prayer chat online, request live prayer. We would love to start having that conversation. I would love to go to lunch if you're local um, and have this conversation, flesh it out in person. But um, as always, we can't wait to keep this conversation going. We have two more weeks of uh, this conversation as it unfolds to see God's truth revealed in our stuck situations because we can feel stuck spiritually above all else. And that's not where Jesus wants you to be. Jesus wants you to walk in freedom, not stay there in bondage. And so we would love to have the conversation about what it looks like uh, to start doing that the way that he has orchestrated. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for today. Father, thank you uh, that for the people who are listening online, it's not lost on you. It wasn't an accident, but God, you have orchestrated this moment even. And so God, I pray that you would stir in their hearts right now uh, a desire to walk faithfully. God, a desire to walk by faith and just step into relationship with the person who gave themselves for them. God, I pray that you would do that. I pray that you would do a supernatural work in their life. God, I pray that we would see the fruit of that. And God, we would give you glory because you are good and this is your process that we get to be a part of. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.